Here we go again. That's a thought that keeps repeating over and over in his head as he stands furiously on the 13th tee box in a tournament that he was really looking forward to. Now, as he approaches the tee, he has just come off of back-to-back bad holes. And up until this point, he was playing very well, but he had back-to-back bad holes, and now he's standing on the number one handicap hole, and there's out-of-bounds left and trees on the right, and he's got a wind blowing towards out-of-bounds. And he just keeps repeating his head, here we go again, because in the past few tournaments, it was the same situation where he has played well, and then the wheels kind of came off, he choked a little bit. And these negative thoughts are just circling his head like sharks ready to attack him, and he can't shake him. Even though he knows he's not supposed to be thinking this way, he can't help it. And he doesn't understand why he's thinking like this. So. As he's standing on the tee box, like all he can picture is the bad stuff. And he's starting to play out every scenario in his head. And kind of going through almost every future hole and seeing nothing but like what can go wrong. And with all of this going on, he goes up to the team and he needs to play a shot. So he musters up a swing and hits it pretty poorly. The contact's bad. As soon as he feels it hit the face, I mean, it's almost like energy just drains out of his body. And the ball's in play, but it's in trouble on the right. And at this point, it feels like everything's just slipping. And he's kind of starting to begin to lash out. He slams his club in his bag, picks his bag up, walking down the fairway. And you can just see him with his, you know, his head down and his shoulders are slumped. And you can just like, it looks like he just had enough. And you can hear him verbally attacking himself, saying the things like, you always do this, you suck. And pretty much every bad thought that we never really want to let ourselves have. And he continues on to play his shot. And the next shot's not as good either. And he's just trucking along at this point. Bad hole after bad hole, and he's just beating himself up constantly to a point where it's just not fun for him. So the real question is, is what changes when we're playing well to that moment? And why does a player like this all of a sudden have that sudden shift in mindset? So what that's really about is our self-image. And that's so important for us to understand. And in this episode, we're going to go through everything about your self-image and why it is extremely important. So stay tuned. Welcome to the Go Low Show, where it's about golf, grit, and your pursuit of greatness. My name is Kyle Olderink, and I am your co-host, along with my man, John Weir, mental game coach extraordinaire. And in this podcast, we're going to show you everything that you need to know about how to go low in your golf game. And we're excited to bring you that show right now. Expect anything different? Is it his time? Well, here it comes. All right, it's time to go. Oh, no, 
All right, John. So, you know, we just heard a story that's pretty common, you know, from what you and I have both have dealt with and coached. And um, so what's really going on here is, you know, the self-image. And in this episode, we really want to talk about the power of that and what that really means for golfers. Um, because this is something I never really learned about when I was growing up. Uh, I didn't understand it. And so, so much of it's clear now. But basically, the simple way to put this is self-image is your deep belief of yourself. You know, it's like me to do this in this situation is a really good way to think about that. So if you're if you're like this player in the story that, you know, blows leads or whatever, gets playing well and then throws it away, I mean, that's a self-image issue. You know, that's what you believe about yourself. You know, if you're a great driver of the ball, that's a great self-image of your driver. If you're a poor driver of the ball and you think that, like, I don't drive the ball very well, that's the self-image issue. So, you know, I'm excited in this issue to, or in this episode to really go through what this means for players because it's it's really so powerful when you understand it because the mass majority of players are out there really just trying to perfect a swinging motion, a technique motion, and use that as their um, light to getting better, you know. So they think the better their technique is going to be, the better they're going to play. Your technique can be really, really good, and that's important, but that's not going to help you, especially if you don't practice properly. It's, It's not going to help you overcome situations like that. It's not going to help you elevate your performance under pressure and, um, and that's a problem. So there are some things that really hurt the self-image that we're doing a lot that we're not aware of. And we're going to bring those to light in this situ- in this uh, episode here. And I'm really excited about that. So, John, why don't you take over because you're, um, you know, this is a little deeper into your world. But uh, let's, let's get going on self-image here. Yeah, sure. I, going back to your point, the self-image is this collection of things we believe to be true about ourselves, the things we have said to ourselves over time, our behaviors, and also things that we believe to be true about us that others have said. So there's a lot of stuff in here forming our self-image, and some of it's from us and some of it's from others. And so uh, it creates this composite or this mental construct of who we are. Now, this is formed and stored in your subconscious mind, and your subconscious mind's job, primary job, is to make your self-image correct. And it doesn't have a discriminating factor. It'll support you as a great driver of the golf ball. It'll also support you as a lousy driver of the golf ball or any type of combination out there. And its job is to move towards that every day, fulfill it to make it correct. So if you're a great driver of the golf ball, what does that mean? It means when I get on the tee, I stand tall, I execute my routine, I swing like this. And all these prerequisites that the subconscious naturally fulfills, again, to make that image correct. If we're the guy who's always blowing up, right, at the end or giving it away, again, that's the self-image fulfilling its responsibility or what the inner mind believes to be true about the individual. So your self-image definitely relates to your scoring. You could kind of think of it like your mental handicap. And your mind is always kind of going back to this. So when you get off to a fat start and you're a 10 handicap, well, guess what? We start cooling off. And next thing you know, we're right back to our normal number. Or we have that great round and then our follow-up round on round two matches out where we believe ourselves to be. It's really amazing how this works. I mean, it's like... It's a very interesting dynamic how the subconscious works. So it's like a thermostat. And if your thermostat sat at an 80 performer and you're a player who's, you know, like an 8 to 10 handicap, it's going to stay there. So we got to start elevating the self-image or shaping the self-image, one, for what we want. 
And that way we can start moving towards some new goals. And I'll just kind of finish with this thought, like at the, at the Bender Academy where I used to work with, we used to have a saying where you're only going to achieve the goals that are congruent with your self-image. And so if the self-image doesn't match the goals you have, until the self-image corrects to get in alignment, where it's always going to be a goal or a dream, it's never going to come into fulfillment. Dude, I love that. That's a, that's a really good point. And, you know, so a couple of things too, like from my world that influenced that, you know, it's interesting, almost every single person that, you know, I've worked with and the first thing I ask them, you know, is always, what do you want to accomplish? What are you looking for? You know, what are your goals type questions? Um, and almost every single time I get, well, I don't want to do this. You know, I don't want to do this in my swing. I, I don't want to do this. And it's like always, I do this wrong and I don't want to do this. So they're always looking at it like everything in a negative light. And I always try to reframe this and say, okay, well, what do you want to do? And they give me a kind of a pretty crazy look because they never really thought about that. And, you know, it's interesting though, because the more you can create this vision for yourself of where you want to be and what you want to do, it's a lot easier to get there. It's not easy, but it's a lot easier than what it is when you're thinking about all the stuff you don't want to be doing. So again, a, a number one question I always challenge people to scrap is what is wrong? Because that is the first thing they always look at in terms of just like swing stuff or uh, technique stuff we work on. They'll, they'll hit a poor shot and they'll say, well, what, what did I do wrong? And then they'll hit a good one and they won't say a word. But they hit a poor one. They say, what did I do wrong? So all they want to know is problems. You know, they're never really focusing on the solution side of that. So, you know, I really try to challenge players to scrap, like, what does it matter what you do wrong? Because that's not knowing that's not necessarily going to help you do what you need to do better. Like you need to know the solution. You need to be able to define it. And you need to know how to do that under basically every situation with your routine. So going back to always, you know, defining, defining, you know, what do I do? How do I do it? When do I do it? is a pretty good way to, to think about this stuff. And again, when we're constantly thinking, what do I do wrong? I did this bad. What do I do wrong? I did this bad. You know, it's easy to get out on the golf course and start thinking, well, I don't want to do this wrong because I do this bad type thing. And that's the, that's the thoughts that are going through our heads. And then that leads back into, you know, and like we talked about the other episode is, uh, you know, the what ifs. And this just leads down to this, this line of questioning in your own head that basically is going to throw a player off. Right. Versus mm -hmm. just saying like, when I do this, this is the outcome type thing. So how we are talking to ourselves, how we're reframing what we say is, is a huge influence on our self image. I mean, anything we're doing is either growing or hurting the self image is the way I look at that. A hundred percent. And nobody would deny that the greatest golfers in this game have a great self image. But golf is a game that we all know we don't deal with tons of success, right? I mean, we don't have a lot of winning percentages. It's, it's a tough, long road. So how do these high-level golfers and top performers deal with, with preserving, let's say, their self-image all the time? And I think it stems from their image or their definition of success. That is their kind of their root, their root master program. So one of the things that we like to do to keep our self-image always protected and moving in the right way is we say... The only failure out there is not taking action. So every time we're taking action, we're succeeding because we're either going to get validated or we're going to get educated. And you need a good education in order to get somewhere you want to go, right? And we also have to have those steps and successes along the way. 
So a great way to protect your self-image and always keep it moving in the direction that we want, which is success, is with every step I take, I'm succeeding. So I'm either getting validated or I'm going to get educated. And so this is a wonderful way to begin utilizing your self-talk or reframing situations in order to keep yourself always moving in the right direction. So what that you blew a lead, okay? Are you getting educated from that? If we're not getting educated from that, we're going to have a lot more leads we're going to blow. Okay, so what? You struggle with nerves off that first tee. Are we getting educated? And if we start looking at these things as learning experiences and as growth, because our growth and our learning actually comes from mistakes. It's how we all learned how to walk. We fell over. But as adults, we assume that we should be doing it correctly, right? And so we're not always looking at these mistakes. We get hard on ourselves. So look for those days where you're getting validated, but also start shifting mistakes into education. And education is like that inner pro in you, giving you the lessons on what you need in order to get to where you want to go. And so we want to use some things like this and reframing it because now our minds are always moving in the right direction, that everything's at work now for our best interest. And if we can't see it again, it's just through some good questioning, we're going to start seeing how we're getting educated and prepared for ongoing success. And I'd also say one of the biggest crippler words for your self-image, if we're looking at negative programming words, is the word don't. Most people don't realize that don't and do mean the same thing. If I say, don't think of your mother standing over there, you immediately begin to think of her. Or don't think of your coach. Or don't think of your golf bag. That image immediately comes up. So going to Kyle's point on staying on the problem, hey, I don't want to do it this way. I don't want to be this type of player. Well, that's a direct program when you're saying that to your subconscious to do exactly that. There is no negative connotation factor analysis at the subconscious level. So do and don't mean the same thing. So let's keep it directed towards the things we actually want to achieve and know we're always achieving when we're taking action. Yeah, that's perfect. So that's a really good understanding of the self-image. And again, now we want to get into our our training segment and how uh, people can really benefit from this and what they can do. So, you know, I want to start with a little exercise and, you know, we call it just defining who you actually want to be. And I think that it's really important for people to understand you can be this person. (laughs) You can make this character up. And a lot of times when we talk about this, it's just as simple as saying, Like, how do I want to act? Like, how do I really want to play? What do I want to feel? What's the number one thing I want to do? So if you take a minute and just think about this and just start to define a couple questions, like how do I talk to myself? So if I'm really this player that I want to be, and you can even just think of it as I'm the number one player in the world, you know, I'm going to be the number one player in the world. How do I talk to myself? How do I walk? You know, what's my body language look like? What does my routine look like? How do I walk into the ball? You know, how is every step of the way looking? How am I carrying myself? How am I keeping my clubs clean? I mean, putting so much detail behind this and giving yourself this picture is such a good exercise because you start to really believe it after time. Like when you write that down and you define who you actually want to be, you're going to start looking at who you are now and see how far of a gap there really is. And a lot of times with players, there's a huge gap between who they are now and who they want to be. And again, you can bridge that gap, but you have to know where you're going. Like you can't get anywhere in life without knowing where you want to get to. 
you know? So when you create this vision for yourself and who you want to be and what that looks like, then you can get there without a doubt. So we're actually going to put uh, a worksheet up on our website too, that you can go get at www.thegoloshow.com. And it'll have all these steps for you to help you define through this thing too. But we want to give actual exercises for this so you can see what we're talking about. But I think that's a huge one in terms of the self-image there, John. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you don't define who you want to be and what you want to achieve, the world's going to define it for you. And we know the world's predominantly negative, so it's not going to necessarily take us in the direction that we want it to go, right? So I think going on to your point, one, you got to define it. Absolutely. You got to know who you want to be. And, and I think the next step is, is learning the powerful three words is act as if. I think it's a better approach than, or you want to call it the fake it till you make it approach. But I don't like faking it because that implies some kind of impostery going on. Hmm. It's more of following and, and modeling the way that we learn and grow in life. We act as if. So we, Einstein said something really interesting. He said, the level of thinking and the way you are now got you to where you are. And it isn't going to be that same thinking to take you to where you want to go. You've got to assume or get into that next level of thinking in order to go and achieve those types of results. And it goes to this point of acting as if once you've defined it and you start knowing the player you want to become, the role is, is you got to step into those shoes when you step into practice. you got to move that way, carry yourself that way, speak that way. It all has to happen first in your mind before you're going to see these things happen in reality. And so acting as if is a really powerful way to do it. And think about it, even when you were in school, if you're a, a middle schooler going into high school, you didn't look down to the fifth and sixth graders to see how to be. You looked up at the high schoolers, right? And you started modeling their behavior and acting like a, a high schooler. Or even as little kids, they act like a big kid, right? What happens is we're getting out of, out of college. Everybody says, well, I need to start acting more like an adult. I got to start getting into those shoes more and more. And there's tremendous power in that. One, you don't have to be it, right? So as we talked about, it's a learning process and you're going to go on steps. You don't have to be that now, but can you act that way? How does that player perform after adversity? Can you act out how that high level performer does or that champion in you? So acting as if has so much power, stand that way, talk that way, move that way, practice that way, get into those shoes as much as you can and try on that outfit, if you will. The more you do, the more it's going to absorb into your being, the more it's going to become a part of you. And also you're going to get feedback from your coaches, your friends and family and say, wow, you're so confident here. Or man, we can't believe on how you're handling this situation. And even if you're not feeling that way, eventually over time you go, hey, everybody's telling me that. So I must be right. And we begin to absorb it. So define it and then act as if you are it right now. Yeah, I love that. And, uh, you know, a big thing that I like to use uh, in my academy is I just call it creating an alter ego. And I, I go by the late, great Kobe Bryant, which is just such a tragedy still. But, you know, I mean, they call him the Black Mamba. And he talked about all the time about how he, when he got onto the basketball court or basketball in his hands, he just turned into, you know, somebody totally different, you know? So when he was out in the, the real world, we'll call it, you know, he had to be a celebrity, he had to do this, but it was basically when I got in the basketball court, I needed to go into a whole different world. So I created this character for myself 
that was relentless. And I mean, basically everything we just talked about, he defined who he was going to be. He said, you know what? I'm going to be the best player ever, or I'm going to die trying. And I'm going to outwork everybody. And I'm going to be more disciplined than everybody. And I'm going to talk to myself better than everybody. And I mean, he basically had this mentality that, you know, I'm just going to be the best no matter what. And it's, you know, again, there's so many people that say that and you see all these, these motivational posts that people put on social media and, but nobody's really willing to live that. (laughs) Like that's just the people like Kobe are just willing to do stuff on a whole different level. And not everybody needs to be trying to get to number one in the world. and, And you could just be trying to cut your handicap in half. But it still takes discipline and it you got to be a little bit relentless in changing the things that matter, which is really changing your self-image and how you think about yourself and how you believe in yourself. So even just creating a little alter ego for yourself and as deep as naming it, you know, naming your golf course character and just, again, this is who I am. This is what this player does when they get out there and getting into your your own world. When I step onto this golf course, it's like get out of my way because this is who I am. And it doesn't always need to be the introverted tiger. Like, don't talk to me. You know, a lot of players need to be chatty. Like I need to chat, but I'm still like out there to kick your butt when I'm playing, I'm competitive. And again, just being able to put yourself in that mode. And, and again, the more we just help, I know I'm going to say this a thousand times throughout the show, but define it, define it, define it. This is what I do, how I do it, when I do it. When you talked about the alter ego, I thought of this uh, young man who was at the academy. His name was Will, and his alter ego name was the zebra because he was always striping it. (laughs) I like that. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, that's a wonderful thing. And, you know, oftentimes, too, I want to go back to one of my points, too, about we're either getting validated or educated, right? And how do we maintain a positive self-image as we starting to work it and, and keep it preserved? And I think a lot of players, I heard a player talk about how some past negative experiences were scar tissue. Now, we look at how that type of mental program would go in there. It's like scar tissue. Oh, why would we want to take a learning experience and put that negative type of label to it? So how do we get rid of the quote unquote scar tissue in our mind after a bad round or a bad tournament or some things that we'd like to get better at? We want to do some mental rehearsal at night. So let's say we're coming off and it's been a tough round and it didn't go the way you planned. The worst thing that we can do is keep rehashing the problem because what are we doing? We're feeding the self-image programming to continue to perform that way. I know our conscious mind can say, John, there's no way that's going on. But the conscious mind can, again, analyze between things we do and don't want. Your subconscious operates like a computer. It's going to take the things in with it that has energy behind it and consistent, and it's going to be absorbing it to be true. It takes no effort to accept negative. <laughs> so if you're beating yourself up after the poor round, we're missing the education part of our success formula. So I'd encourage you, take some time, take some deep breaths for a few minutes. You can put a Headspace app on if you want. Close your eyes and begin reviewing your round. Now, rather than continuing to review what happened in a negative way, like that girl in the first episode slicing it off the tee and saying, oh, man, why do I keep slicing it? Slice, slice, slice. That mental rehearsal is grooving that slice for that tee shot. So what we want to do is go in and learn from it. And we step in into the mental situation like you're your own coach and you start guiding yourself through the ways that you want to perform in the future. After you've determined that, now start reviewing it in your mind in the way that is the updated version. 
So we see ourselves now standing more confident. We see ourselves following the defined steps of our process and now hitting a better tee shot off the first tee. So use your mental rehearsal exercises to take negative experiences on the golf course, turn them into the learning situation. Say, what did I learn here? Now mentally review it and apply it and rehearse that as your mind rather than the problem. It's going to keep your self-image growing in the right direction. It'll stop any of the scar tissue from building up. And next time you're in that situation, you have a new response then to follow through. You're not going to fall back to the old programming. So that's a wonderful way of using mental rehearsal to keep yourself on that success path. Yeah, that's great. You know, so John, I have like two major takeaways from this. And, you know, one is you're just talking about is just that always be learning is, is something I just can't stress enough is just always be learning. Because, again, we look at stuff and practice or whatever it is. It's like this just happens. But we refuse to be, you know, sit there and reflect on it and evaluate. And it's important because everything we do, even when it's harmful and it sucks, it's like we we can learn from that. Okay, when I get back into that, how can I overcome that? It's just, you know, it's like learning video games. Like, you, you know, your character has to die a few times before you figure out how to get past that level. That's how we learn and that's how we grow if we let ourselves. And a lot of times players are just kind of unwilling to let themselves, um, which is interesting because they just want to reflect on, again, oh, I did this so bad. You know, it's interesting because when you get like after a tournament or a round at golf and you put a group of players together, I mean, the first thing you're going to hear is everything that went wrong. These players always talk about, oh, on this hole, I double bogeyed or on that hole, I hit it out of bounds. I mean, they all get together and they tell each themselves, you know, what did you do on this hole? Because I doubled that hole, you know, and it's just on and on. And it's interesting because we always choose to focus on the bad. And then my second really big takeaway is that everything we're doing, everything, not just on the golf course and in practice is either growing or hurting your self-image and just really being uh, aware of what things are doing and how you're growing that because it's the willingness to accept that and to grow it is what's really going to help you either play your best or just really be your best competitor. Um, because that is such an important thing. It's something that I've changed like in my life over time for people that know me and just, I know the power of it basically. So that's why I'm, I stress that so much is when you understand self-image, you understand how to grow it. It's uh, it's it's a totally different thing, not only for golf, but just how we feel in life. So those are my two huge takeaways from this episode. Well, I'd say, you know, one of the big things that I want to stress today is that your subconscious mind operates like a biocomputer and very much kind of like Google. It lacks discrimination. So it will accept things into that search engine that are positive or negative. And if it's fed over time, it's going to shape your self-image. I think going to your point, Kyle, the big misconception, I think, if, if we look at the mental game or shaping your self-image, your mental game never stops, right? You can leave the practice range. We can leave a tournament situation, competitive situation, but your mental game is 24-7. The way you're thinking about yourself and, and the tournament coming up the next day is shaping your performance. The way we're reviewing our rounds and what we're feeding and taking in from those experiences is shaping your self-image. So you really got to think of this as a 24-7 thing. Now, it sounds like a lot of work at first, and if you have a negative self-image, it's going to be. I remember myself, I was in a really negative place, and I've done all these things that we're talking about to just take control of my own life. Because I realized at one point, you know, life was really negative for me, but a lot of it was because it was starting in my mind. 
And if it's starting there, I'm going to continue to find it. And so I went on that, that path of shaping and changing my own self. And the way I look at it was at first, it's like a rocket ship. It sometimes takes a lot of work to define who you want to be. What is it that I actually want to put in and start correcting and reframing our self-talk and, and finding growth experiences and education where there were failure and struggle? And it felt like this great rocket ship trying to blast off the ground and get into outer space with took so much force and so much power. But I realized it was worth it. My life was worth it. The way it was going, it was going a negative way. And whether it's in golf or in life, it's like, I want to live a positive life. And so I put that energy in and I took that time to put and thrust that rocket ship off the ground. But once it hit that stratosphere, it took very little effort to be positive. And it took very little effort to maintain these habits and to continue to shape a self-image that was moving towards my goals and moving towards my dreams. And so if you're in a real negative place, no, it's going to take work, but it's worth it. But it's going to shift and eventually it's going to get very easy. And when these positive habits become a part of your life, oh my gosh, it just opens up so much rewards in so many areas of your life, not just golf, but everything. And it's going to be very easy to make shifts as you recognize that negativity or things in the future. It's just not even going to really be there. And so I'd encourage everybody, put in the work, put your mind towards a dominant thought that is of success and of growth, and just be willing to go for it because you can do it. Well, John, that's wonderful closing thoughts as always. And again, we want to thank everybody for joining us on the Go Low Show. This is probably going to be like one of the most powerful episodes we can bring you because the self-image is such a key component to how you're going to play. And that, again, that's for everybody just how you see yourself out there is such a big deal. So thank you again for joining us. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and make sure you check out our website, www.thegoloshow.com and put in your suggestions on what you would like to hear us talk about. We have some amazing episodes coming up, but if there's things that you struggle with, again, go ahead and get on that website, tell us about it, and we will craft an episode specifically for you uh, as we appreciate you following us. So thanks again. We'll see you on the next episode.